Today's episode is brought to you by McLean Middleton, providing trusted legal services to businesses throughout the region for over 100 years. Hi, everybody. This is Jeff Feingold, editor of New Hampshire Business Review with our Down to Business podcast for November 24th, 2021, the day before Thanksgiving 2021. And today we have a special free holiday uh, broad, uh, podcast, not broadcast, featuring uh, our publisher and producer, Ernesto Burden. And hey, we, were just, we were gonna talk a little bit about these predictions we've seen for holiday travel in the middle of, at the same time, we're seeing spikes in COVID uh, cases in New Hampshire and around New England. Apparently, there's been a 59% increase in COVID cases in, in the whole in the six-state region in the last month or so. And uh, you know, we're just kind of talking a little bit about the idea that there'll be millions of people traveling in New England and millions, millions more traveling around the country for the holidays. And uh, Ernesto had it has. Uh, I, we were talking about this before we started. It's the predictions are that we're almost at pre-pandemic levels, for according to AAA, that 53 million or so people expected to travel the roads this year, which was uh, it's far higher than last year. If you remember, last year was definitely a uh, very strange holiday season. A lot of people didn't have meet meet with their visit with their families for Thanksgiving or even for Christmas. And uh, this year, apparently, despite these spikes, despite this uh, really uh, concerning rate of hospitalization that we've seen in New Hampshire and elsewhere, I guess the mindset's changed. It's just a different uh, opinion. People have just a different view of, of what's going on now. I mean, what, have, what have you thought about that? Well, I think I think it's true that the, um, you know, the, I, I think, at least for the people who are out there, the, the mindset has changed, right? But that yeah. doesn't take into account the fact that there may be many people who are who are making that uh, decision to stay home, um, you know, uh, who aren't getting counted in those statistics of that that returning air travel and returning road travel and stuff. But yeah. the, but the other thing, I do think that there is a, a a sense among people who are vaccinated that that even if they were to to get it, that that they would be protected to some degree and and so it seems like less of a um less of an emergency i think or less of a, a, a less of a threat than it did before although um you know having having just traveled uh to dallas last weekend um you know the other thing that occurs to you though you know regardless of how you feel about yourself getting it is you're still nervous about giving it to other people Yes, that that's that that's what I would think. Many people would think about that, and that's been the concern all along. With the uh, I, I would call it a stagnant rate of vaccination, people getting their you know first vaccinations. Not, I'm not talking about the the boosters, but in terms of people being vaccinated, we're still hovering at the same kind of level of people. It's very very slowly increasing. But you would think if you were concerned about loved ones. You might take some precautions if, if you have older people you're visiting, which in many cases a lot of people do when they're going home for Thanksgiving. And uh, I, it's, it's, one it's, of, a, it's mindset. It's just a different kind of mindset that some people have. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think that one of the things that, that I've seen recommended, um, you know, for holiday gatherings is if you're getting together with a bunch of people, you do a rapid test, like right yeah. ahead of right ahead of the get together. And that becomes a lot easier now that um, at least some people sometimes can get a hold of a rapid test at a drugstore. Um, I know that, uh, you know, our family has made use of that uh, in dealing with the, the sort of the frequent winter colds that, that kids get and, you know, they need to have a rapid test to get back to school. It's a lot more convenient if you can do that at home uh, than if you've got to go um, make an appointment or wait in a long line at an urgent care uh, for that. But, that, but, that, but that's also to... assuming that they're, they're available. Well, it, that was that was my point. Yeah, they're they're hard to get. That's the other um, that's the other criticism that one sees, um, you know, right now about uh, sort of the, that. I guess the overall preparedness uh, structure that we have for for this problem is that that we don't have these tests in the store. They come in, they're gone out of the. Um, drugstores almost as soon as they arrive. It's kind of like trying to buy toilet paper yep. last year. <laughs> back back in the day, I know. Instead of uh, antibacterial hand, you know, hand wipes or something, yeah. <laughs> you can't get a rat. Well, it they're really that's I guess that does reflect that. That's the thing that that strikes me about this, that there are people who are still not traveling because they say we're at pre-pandemic levels. Doesn't mean that means there are certain people who are just not traveling who used to travel. And uh, this, that's this, that to me signifies some kind of caution about traveling this time of year. Right. But on the other hand, there are other people who have this, who have all along tried basically to, uh, I don't want to say deny, but ignore, you know, you know, a lot of advice for people about traveling. But I know from your experience that you've had, and I, and my wife and I traveled earlier this year in in June to a Seattle and. Uh, I was really struck how well people uh, behaved under more restrictive uh, uh, travel, you know, the, the travel restrictions, you know, including masks at all times and not in, in, in the airport, obviously on the plane. And it didn't, I saw no, there, there was, there was no one like, you hear about these people, you know, losing their minds on the plane or they can't take it anymore. And I, we saw nothing like that. Everybody was very cooperative and, respectful is that because you went and you happened to go from Logan to uh, DFW Dallas which is a gigantic airport what was that yeah. like you know you've heard stories about Texas yeah well <laughs> I, I mean I gotta say you know and, and DFW is the fourth busiest airport in the country um, uh, Logan's in the top 20 uh, but but DFW was um, you know like you described uh, and 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 despite sort of the 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 rap that Texas gets for being uh, recalcitrant about, you know, masks and social distancing and stuff. It was uh, everybody. I I didn't see anybody, you know, almost anybody openly flouting rules or anything. You know, it was kind of it, pretty much everybody's wearing a mask the whole time. I, you know, walking through the terminals, I think I counted like three people overall. You know who. Who weren't wearing a mask and um you know and that wasn't much different than you'd see in logan or anywhere else and, and but when you're dealing with that massive volume of people um that's pretty remarkable i thought and yeah. um, uh, now now it's interesting um you know and i don't know that this is 
on anybody. It's just an observation. It's the the idea of socially distancing in an airport is pretty tricky, right? You know, <laughs> you got those little dots on the floor that that indicate how far apart people are supposed to stand. But if you've ever been queued up in a jetway, you know that people don't do that. And um, any more than like when you're waiting to board and and they start calling boarding groups, like and everybody stands up and goes and stands in a little crush waiting for their group to be called. That exactly. has that that looks exactly the same as it did before the pandemic. Well, we because we when we flew we flew Alaska to Seattle, but we could have flown Southwest. And you know, you take a look over at the Southwest line. You know, with their whole system where you get you know Group A, Group B, and and no one is ever you know that people are trying to get ahead of you. They're not trying to stay back from you. Right. Those lines are crazy. And you know, I got to admit that that's always been one of my weird pet peeves. Anyway, I'm like. If you're in boarding group five, why are you standing up? Exactly. <laughs> I'm going like, to read my, I'm gonna read my book before they fall five. Put me in, coach. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very good, it's a, absolutely, it's a, it's a good point. It's, it's, one, it's actually one of my pet peeves, too. Like, just, you're not, you, you, they call you when they call you. Yeah. You know? You should have put. You should have. You should have read. You should have signed in earlier, or whatever you're supposed to do to get an earlier number. That's all. But but uh, yeah, otherwise, and and nobody, you know, nobody. I didn't see any of that, like you know, people losing their minds and wanting to take their masks off. Nobody, nobody was duct taped into their seat on on any flights. <laughs> yeah, the, the the flight attendant didn't have to use those new uh, martial arts skills they learn in their training. But uh, I'm gonna, we're going to take a break right now, but I let's get back and talk to about what this means going forward. Uh, right now, we'll just take a break. McLean Middleton is one of New England's premier full-service law firms with headquarters in Manchester, New Hampshire, and offices in Concord and Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and Woburn in Boston, Massachusetts. McLean Middleton has over 100 attorneys in five locations and has been providing trusted legal services to businesses throughout the region for over 100 years. A full-service law firm with practice areas in corporate, tax, employment, litigation, trusts and estates, energy and environment, intellectual property and privacy, and data security, to name just a few. McLean Middleton's commitment to their clients, community, and colleagues has helped them to establish and maintain long-standing relationships as trusted advisors. Whether you are starting your business, growing your business, or preparing to sell your business, McLean Middleton has the experience to guide you through the complexities of the legal system. For a complete listing of their practice areas, attorneys, and locations, visit www.mclane.com. Hi, everybody. This is Jeff Feingold. We're returning here with Ernesto Burden. We're talking about holiday travel uh, in you know this this year in this second uh, holiday season of COVID. And uh, we were talking we were talking about Thanksgiving, but I mean, I'm thinking I'm going forward now. Like, if we if you if you remember last year, there was uh, another spike in COVID following Thanksgiving and Christmas. So. You know, I, I'm just kind of curious what's going to happen now. I mean, if we we we, we have what is it, 53 million tra people traveling, is there going to be any kind of uh, uh, ramification or like another surge, which is possible? I don't know. 
considering past performance. You know, I'm not, I'm not an epidemiologist and I don't pretend to be one. But because uh, then we head into Christmas. And that's, you know, just some, another major, this whole time of year is a major time for travel. Yeah, yeah it is. That, and uh, I mean, that's the kind of concerns. It should, it's, it, it's something, it's not like I'm, I don't lose sleep over this, but I'm thinking, all right, well, where are we headed now? History repeating itself, I guess, maybe. Well, I, and and I think the other um, the other factor that that comes into play there is how much is it going to make a difference that by Christmas a lot of kids will now be vaccinated. So my ten year old was supposed to get it uh, last Saturday um, and couldn't because he he had a cold, and so he'll yeah. he'll be getting it uh, this Saturday, um, and that'll be first shot. And I I think that he should. Uh, he may not know. I guess I, I guess he may not be entirely vaccinated by Christmas. Yeah, but still. But still, yeah. making progress in that direction. And I think some people uh, may have been able to to get it done earlier. So, um, so I think that's going to be a factor. Um, you know, hopefully a positive factor. Um, I saw a piece in the Atlantic the other day. Uh, by um, Rachel Gutman that is uh, basically the implication of it was that, that COVID is going to be a seasonal, uh, predictable yes. seasonal uh, illness. Yeah, they're talking about pills that you can take, you know, for treatment. And they're talking also about possible oral vaccines. They just go and it's you know, kind of like the, the polio vaccine that, that's oral and uh, they expect that to happen. And and the interesting thing is with all this research they're doing, apparently there's a possibility that they can come up with a, a vaccine that that can help you pre pre prevent any flu, any flu from getting to you. So uh, mm. I mean, if yeah. you think about it, this is, uh, we've had a, we've had a couple of articles in the, in the publication basically saying, you know, we've learned a lot of things from this pandemic. It's been a learning experience. And this is one of the learning experiences for the scientists is that they've learned a lot about the, this this coronavirus and uh, it's really uh, they've made great progress in in in, in understanding and, and coming up with these uh, different kinds of treatments and preventatives. But I, you know I, I, the other the thing is that looking back on it, last holiday season, you know that was the holiday of uh, just crazy digital sh online shopping. You know mm -hmm. the retailers, many of them were still closed or had to have limited. Uh, uh, numbers of people, shoppers in the store, but not this year. And I know that retailers in New Hampshire are very eager for this uh, this season. Uh, you know, they because I think they they there's a sense that there's that shoppers have a lot of money in their pockets that they haven't spent, and I'm going to be opening that their you know their pocketbooks up, and I already have been for uh, for, for for the holiday season. But on the other hand, there's also the supply chain issues. And we also have inflation, which apparently people are concerned about, very concerned about, but not concerned enough to stop shopping, <laughs> apparently, which only adds fuel to the fire. The more people buying things, the more, the the, the uh, less, the, the greater the uh, chance that inflation continues, so or grows. So uh, this is it's going to be an interesting year this year. Uh, it, it's a, it's it's we're going through a similar surge as last year, right at the same time. But everything's different, right? In some ways, in some ways, there's you can't help but feel as you look around 
the the people have sort of learned to live with this um at yeah. least in right um they be even even just thinking about the idea that you know the level of hospitalization is as high as it was you know at, at the very peak and, and the um number of infections are that high and yet far from being shut down life is more or less normal I, particularly here in new hampshire where i think we've been lucky straight along to have uh you know, relatively, uh, you know, the ability to continue on relatively normally in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's interesting. We had an experience just last weekend that we was a rest. We wanted to go to a restaurant downtown in Manchester on a Saturday and called for a reservation. And the earliest we can get was eight eight thirty. And so well, let's hold off on that. <laughs> But we then we said let's try someplace else. Every place, 8:30 yep. or no reservations at all. And you go and then we got to the restaurant. That was two weeks ago. Last weekend, this past weekend, we had a reservation for seven, and it was jammed, just completely jammed. And it was like, as you said, it's people are just saying, well, okay, here we go. Uh, not it was not there was you know it wasn't like uh it, it wasn't like an, a, a place like if you go to a bar on st patrick's day where people just you know breathing down your neck it, you know but there's just every table is taken every stool at the bar was taken and people were just enjoying themselves out for an evening and things would just seem so much more normal that way last yeah. year you never would have seen anything like that yeah um and it's interesting i mean you talk about supply chain issues the other issue that we're dealing with going into the holidays is labor issues and i think restaurants yes are feeling that pinch. So when you're talking about not being able to get a reservation, partly that's that everybody's going back out again, and partly it's that, that restaurants are working with limited staffing capacities. And, and also, and, and as I was talking about, actually, Liz and I were talking about this, like one of the things is because of staffing shortages, a lot of them have cut back on their hours. They, they're not they're not open all the days they're usually open. They're not open uh, for lunch, let's say, or things like that, just because they just can't, they can't, um, I don't want to be crass about it, but they can't, they can't profit from this great interest of people as much as they could, as they, as they would normally have, because they can't open their doors as much. You know, there's right. a lots of restaurants in downtown Manchester that used to have lunch. They don't serve lunch anymore because, you know, they just don't have staff. They can't afford to, you know, they can't be open without staff. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting what's happening um, in the service industry, not only in terms of, uh, sort of re-examining how you pay people in that industry, um, how much things ought to cost, you know, yeah. how much it ought to cost to go out to eat, right? Um, yeah. and, and it's, because it, it, I don't know, um, I, I think you remember, I, I certainly remember uh, a period in time where um, everybody in the middle class did not go out to eat. Exactly. <laughs> or, or every, even every weekend, you know, when I was a yeah. kid, um, you know, and we were, we were probably in the, the lower middle class, you know, and did yeah. some store shopping and, and things like that. But we were, you know, we went out to eat like, gosh, once every couple months, maybe. Yeah. And and to and then it was to friendlies. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was I grew up in Brooklyn. We had more options in Brooklyn. Yeah, that's, that's true. But, but you know, um, actually, I, you know, I remember that, you know, there, there weren't so many restaurants. 
there were local restaurants where I grew up in my neighborhood. You know, some actually really some of them were really good restaurants, but there there weren't like you know fast food places or or what do they call fast casual places? You know, Applebee's yeah. and cheese, you know across the street from each other. You know, going in every town. No, it wasn't like that. And it, right. it's it's like that now. People just ex- just spend a lot more money eating dining out, which is really one of the interesting things that's happened to, to, to our culture over the last thirty or so years, because it's really pretty recent. Yeah, and 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 I I think for um, I don't know I I I wonder what this particular crisis, what kind of long term changes that will have on yeah. that industry, you know, and and you know I'm I'm sure that it will you know find a way through this but but i wonder if it finds a way through this um you know by charging more and by paying people who work in that industry more yeah. and you know and maybe just sort of a resetting of some of the value um that that people understand they are getting from this or, or the expectations that everything's going to be super cheap super fast yeah and super convenient all the time yeah i mean if you if you know if you really you know think about it the uh the prices we pay for certain foods are much lower than you would think that they would be in a world where things were priced accordingly you know you you know uh if 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 wages were higher let's say right would you pay that would you pay only you know three and a half bucks four bucks for for a big mac i don't, I don't think so but that's my own yeah and those, those sorts of those sorts of um tests are sort of happening all over the country right now too i, I you know especially in fast food where um you know people who work in that industry are finding you know right now with the the incredible shortage of workers and the sort of glut of open jobs uh i think i think franchise owners are beginning to really have to experiment with with how much they're going to pay and with things like signing bonuses and things like that um in a way and and that that will probably shift what that food costs too yes well it'll have to be eventually i mean it's gonna it's gonna change and uh, you know and also if you add the inflation that we're having right now the price is going to go up you know just naturally and and that's you know that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna hit uh you know uh industries like diet you know the hospitality industry where people it's more expendable income is going you know in there it's not as not so much saying people saying i have to go out they're saying yeah. i want to go out it's a much different thing. It's, you know as opposed to going to the supermarket where you need to buy food every week. Yeah. So, so, anyway. so thinking, going back to the, um, to the idea of holiday travel one last time, I, uh, before we close, I know you're traveling for the holiday. I'm not, I'm not, I'm going like three blocks, uh, yeah. <laughs> between, between today and tomorrow, but I, um, but you're traveling and I was looking at the, um, the AAA daily worst and best times to travel. And it says, uh, Wednesday, which is today, 12 to 8 yeah. p.m. is the worst time. Uh, after 9 would be the best. Uh, tomorrow, Thursday, 12 to 3 p.m. is the worst time. And uh, before 11 a.m. is the best time. But but you, you're traveling today, right? Yes, we're leaving at noon. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be a real-life experiment. 
I, I'll be, I'll be very supposed to be only an hour and a half away. We're traveling over to Maine. Yeah. And I'm hoping going, most of the trip is going to be east west. I'm hoping that's against where most of the other people are traveling. I'm thinking a lot of it's going to be north south, but we'll find out. I, oh, I'll report back crossed. next week. I'll report back next week. <laughs> All right. All awesome. right. All right, Ernesto. Well, thanks very much. And I hope everybody, you know, Ernesto, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving, even if it's only a few blocks away. And I hope everybody out there does as well. And we'll be back next week and just be well.